welcome to the Dogs with Devin podcast, where you can learn the best ways to become the perfect pup parent. Hello, pup parents, and welcome to today's episode of Dogs with Devin. My name is Devin. I'm super excited for today's episode. This is probably one of the most talked about, asked about, wondered about things in dog training. It's what's called the four quadrants of dog training, um, operant conditioning, is kind of the general thing that we're talking about here when we talk about the four quadrants of dog training. So I'm excited to help you understand the four different quadrants, right? Four. Uh, You can kind of think of it as a square. You've got an upper left, upper right, bottom right, bottom left. We'll dive into that, but we're going to be talking about what they mean and how the different tactics should or shouldn't be used with your dog. And I'm going to tell you which ones I use and why I think they're the better options in the long run and the short run. So before we dive into that, um, I'm going to do a new segment here. I'm going to call it the uh, Dogs in the News or Important Dog News, or I'm going I'm to figure out a better name. I'm going to figure out a catchy name. You know what? If you're listening to this, you tell me what this should be called, this segment. Maybe it's called uh, Trending Dog News. That sounds boring, though, but it's going to be what's been trending in the dog world in the past week. So if you haven't seen what's trending in the dog world this week, um, it is there's been a lot of things going around on Facebook uh, and on different social media about toxic algae in lakes and ponds and dogs dying from it. There will be a link in the show notes to uh, an article that talks about it. But essentially, in a lot of ponds where the water is a little bit more stagnant, you can get algae blooms. And those algae blooms are actually very, very toxic for dogs, can kill them, can cause very serious issues. Um, So it's something to be aware of if you are taking your dog to ponds in the summer. And again, it it typically happens more in the summer because it's getting hotter and and that's what breeds the algae and the lack of water, new water coming in um, causes that those algae blooms to increase as well. So something to be aware of if you take your dog swimming uh, to keep your eyes peeled for, you know, toxic algae blooms uh, and what they might look like. Again, I'll have a link in the show notes for you to learn a little bit more about that. All right. So to today's episode. We're talking about the four quadrants of dog training. And I've heard a lot of people talk about this. I've heard a lot of people, you know, um, how do I say it? Like talk about this and maybe not say it correctly or not understand it correctly. And it it can be confusing for sure. So I'm going to do my best to clarify and help you understand what the four quadrants of dog training are. So before we dive into that, we're going to talk about a couple definitions and what they mean in the dog training world. Because they mean when you hear them, okay, so it's, Let's start with positive and negative. Often you think positive is something good, negative is something bad. In the dog training world, that is not the case when we're talking about the four quadrants. Positive just means an addition. We're adding something to the dog's environment or to what's happening to them. And negative means taking it away um, from their environment or from them specifically. So that's why you'll see like positive reinforcement as R plus because we're adding something to them. Um, And then for example, you know, negative reinforcement is R minus. You're taking something away that is a negative reinforcer. So again, positive does not always mean good. Positive just means adding something, addition. Okay. It's not just good. And then negative, it doesn't always mean bad. It just means taking something away. So think of it as addition and and subtraction, less of a good versus bad. Okay. So that's one definition. The second definition or set of definitions that we need to go through is reinforcement. So when we say reinforcement, we're reinforcing something, which means we are trying to increase the rate of that behavior occurring. Again, reinforcement means you're doing something 
to reinforce the rate of that behavior occurring. And then punishment is doing something to hopefully decrease the rate of that behavior occurring. And that'll make more sense as we dive into the examples. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you examples around dog training, of course, right? This is a dog podcast, a dog cast. And then I'm going to give you some more like applicable real life examples that I'm going to relate to me growing up and wanting to play Nintendo. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a real life example, quote unquote, and a dog example, just to help you understand it a little bit better. So let's start with positive reinforcement. Okay. So when we talk about positive reinforcement, this is probably one that you are very, very familiar with. I am a strong advocate of positive reinforcement as are many dog trainers. So positive reinforcement, think of it as adding something to increase the likelihood of that behavior occurring. And we're adding something desirable. So for example, when you're, when you're, you ask your dog to sit and they do, you give them a treat to increase the likelihood of that occurring again. Your dog starts to think, Hey, they asked me to do something. I did it. And I got an awesome reward. That's great. So that is positive reinforcement or R plus. Okay. Negative reinforcement or R minus is taking something away that is typically undesirable to increase the likelihood of that behavior occurring. So for example, you're teaching recall. I'm not a fan of negative reinforcement, by the way. Um, it's uncomfortable for the dog and you're going to understand why. So it's taking something away, right? So think of it this way. Your dog starts to run away with you. You have a shock collar on them. You start applying the shock as they run away. So you're kind of doing two things here and we'll get into it a little bit more. So you're, you're, you're using positive punishment because you're adding something undesirable. You are starting that shock and you keep shocking your dog until they start to come back to you. And that is when you stop. That is when you take away again, negative, a reinforcer. So the removal of that bad thing, the removal of the shock happening when they start to behave correctly in theory is going to increase the likelihood that your dog will come to you when you ask, because when they run away, and you are asking them to come back and they continue to run away, they're going to get a painful shock. But when they start to come back, that shock stops. So you're taking something away and it is reinforcing and hopefully making them come back more often. Um, another, another example, maybe less like, not violent, but a less, you know, shock collar example, right? Is um, you put pressure on your dog's butt until they sit. And then when they do sit, you stop the pressure. So Think of it from your dog's perspective. They probably don't really like you pushing down their butt. It's kind of undesirable, uncomfortable for them. Um, but then as soon as they put their butt down, you stop, you take that away. And that in theory is going to reinforce that, okay, to make that, to make this pressure go away, I am going to comply in this situation, sit down. And therefore that is going to increase the likelihood that they sit in the future. Okay. Does that make sense? Negative reinforcement, R minus. Now let's move to positive punishment. This is probably what you are most familiar with when you think of punishing your dog, right? It's your dog pees on the carpet and you hit him with newspaper or, um, you know, your, yeah, you hit your dog when they do something wrong. That's like probably the simplest example to understand, um, which in theory makes them want to do said behavior less frequently so that they can avoid that punishment. Um, Again, that is called P plus. Again, positive, we are adding something and it's a punisher. So you're trying to decrease the likelihood of them doing something. So in theory, you're saying, every time my dog jumps, I'm going to, I'm going to knee them in the chest. 
and that is going to make them want to jump less frequently. It's going to decrease the frequency of them doing that bad behavior. I'm not a proponent of this. I don't think it's good. I don't think it works in the long run. And well, and and in in more importantly, it it makes your dog live in this state of fear, which if you've ever had a teacher, right, or like maybe a parent who had you living in a state of fear, fear, it's very uncomfortable and it honestly doesn't make you want to behave it makes you want to behave when that person's there because you're afraid of getting punished. But then when they're gone, you're less likely to comply because you think, Hey, I'm safe. I'm not going to, my, you know, my teacher can't yell at me or scold me or hit me when I'm, when they're not here. And so I can do said behavior. Okay. So that is positive punishment P plus. And then there's negative punishment P minus again, negative meaning taking something away and punishment meaning you're trying to decrease the likelihood of a behavior occurring in the future. So, for example, when your dog jumps on you, they are seeking attention. If, when they jump on you, you turn around and make yourself boring and don't give them attention, you are taking something away, negative, you're taking away the potential to have your attention. You're taking away what your dog desires, and then, in theory, in future, what you're trying to tell them is, if you don't want that to happen in the future, you should stop doing that behavior. So you're taking something away. And again, punishment, that word just means to decrease the likelihood of something happening. So you're taking away your attention from the dog in the hopes that they will understand that, okay, whatever behavior I just did, the consequence was my pup parent is no longer interacting with me. So I'm going to try to avoid what I just did in the future. I know that's a lot. I know that it is it takes some time to learn, so you might have to listen to this episode a couple times, but I'm going to try and give you some kind of real-life examples. Um, let's say these are examples of me as a, as a young teenage boy and my Nintendo. I played Xbox, but I'm going to say Nintendo because it just sounds cooler, and it's more like retro, and yeah, I don't know. I just went with Nintendo because I still play Nintendo, and it's awesome. Like, my wife and I played Mario Kart. It's a great time. So let's go through those four different quadrants, right, of dog training, but let's relate it to a, a more human, real-life example that you can maybe relate to a little bit better. So positive reinforcement. Let's say, for example, um, when I was a kid, I made my own bed, uh, whether or not my parents asked me to. Um, that's not relevant necessarily, right? But I'm just saying whether they asked me to or not, I go and I make my bed. My parents see that. And they reward me by letting me play Nintendo for 15 minutes. So they're adding, so it's positive. They're adding something and they're reinforcing it with a desired stimulus of, hey, when I made my bed, I got to play Nintendo for 15 minutes. In the future, I'm going to be more likely to do my chores because I'm going to be expecting an awesome reward to follow. Positive reinforcement. It's more likely that I'm going to do those chores that my parents want me to because I know there will be something added to me, which is playing Nintendo. All right, let's go to negative reinforcement. So let's say, for example, there's a certain time of the day that I'm not supposed to play Nintendo and my parents catch me uh, playing Nintendo and they ask me to stop and I keep playing. And then my dad comes over. This isn't really a real life scenario. I'm just letting you know. I'm, we're teaching here, right? <laughs> my dad comes over and so the second he says to turn it off and I leave it on, he comes over and starts pinching me, right? And so that's bothersome and I don't want that. And so I turn it off, and then once I turn it off, he stops the pinching. So in the future, I'll be more likely, at least when my dad is around, to stop playing when I, when he tells me to stop because 
I know that that will stop the pinching as quickly as possible. And again, in that example, to make it more relative to dog training, like that, that bad thing, that, that pain, the pinch or whatever is happening the second that I start doing something that in this case, my dad doesn't want. So he is, you know, taking away the reinforcer. So he's, he's taking away the pinching in the hopes that I will better, I will learn quicker to listen when he says to stop playing. And, and again, if you're seeing kind of a pattern here, oftentimes negative reinforcement and positive punishment go hand in hand because when my dad starts pinching me, that is a, a punishment, right? He's adding, uh, you know, something to hopefully make me stop or decrease that behavior in the future. And so he's adding in that positive punishment, but as soon as I do comply, he negative, he adds in the negative reinforcer of stopping the pinching in the hopes that, okay, I'm getting relief. I'm okay now. Yes. And so for positive punishment, my parents, again, catch me playing Nintendo when I'm not supposed to, and I get spanked in the hopes that, you know, I will understand in the future that I won't play Nintendo when I'm not supposed to because then I will be able to avoid being spanked. And the final example here is negative punishment. You know, my parents catch me being mean to my sister while I'm playing Nintendo, and he takes then they take the Nintendo away. And in the future, um, I won't be mean to my sisters because I know it'll mean that I will get the Nintendo taken away. There will be something taken away, and that's the word negative, and that taking away of something is going to punish or decrease the likelihood of me doing it in the future because now I start to understand every time I'm mean to my sisters while I'm playing Nintendo, the Nintendo goes away, and so therefore I'm going to avoid that behavior. So I hope this helps. I hope I know that was again a lot. It's it's kind of a lot to cover in one podcast, and maybe I'll break it down a little bit more in the future. But those are the four quadrants of dog training. And again, just to clarify, I know I talked about all four of them in depth and and talked about things that are um, like I guess how to accomplish them. But um, I am a huge proponent of positive reinforcement as well as negative punishment. So when my dog does something correct, I'm going to reinforce them with a treat. But if they do something incorrect, I might, you know, take myself away from the picture or take their ball away and help them to understand, hey, that's not something I wanted you to do. So if you found this episode helpful, if you learned something, please share it. Again, as always, email me with questions, dogswithdevin at gmail.com, and I will answer you. And I hope you learned something awesome from this episode. Go out and use positive reinforcement above all. It is the best way to teach your dog and it will give you the best results in the short term and the long term. So remember these things. Again, positive is just adding something. Negative is just taking something away. Reinforcement means you're trying to increase the rate of that behavior occurring and punishment means you're trying to decrease the rate of that behavior occurring. Again, hope you found this useful. Thank you for listening. Please rate the podcast and above all, go out and love your dog.